We're going to lose a couple of them this week. Did y'all know that? We're saddened, you know. We're saddened um, to see uh, Madison and Andrew have to go back. And so you pray for them as they'll be, as they'll be heading back. And we sure are glad to have them here for a few days. And uh, it's been a blessing. It really has. I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will. I'm going to finish tonight what I started this morning. I don't think we're going to be lengthy at all this evening. Philippians chapter 4 in your Bibles this evening. And just for the sake of, of those who were not in the service this morning, if you'll give me just a moment to read the scripture that we read this morning and, then it, and, and take not even five minutes to just review just a little bit and then we'll get into some brand new material tonight. Philippians chapter 4, and when you find your place, if you'll stand with us tonight, and we'll begin uh, in verse number 4. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4, the Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again into my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Verse 18 is our text verse, and the Apostle Paul said, but I have all and abound. Then Paul said a very profound statement here. He said, I am I'm full. Having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Thank you so much. You may be seated uh, tonight. If you weren't in the service this morning, and many of our folks were ministering elsewhere this morning, if you weren't in the service this morning, by all means, go back and watch the live stream. Uh, and boy, there was a great presence in the service this morning. We could feel the presence of the Lord, and uh, and I spent a lot more time on the introduction. I'm not going to do that tonight. We're going to just sort of give give you a, a moment's review, and then we'll get into some brand new material tonight. But I want to preach just for a few minutes as we uh, close the service. It's early. It's uh, what twenty minutes till seven right now, and so we're doing great on time. And uh, but let me preach just a few minutes on that subject. I am full. Let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Father, we thank you for uh, a wonderful, wonderful day. Great spirit here today. And we just thank you and praise you for it. And 
And God, thank you for your so great salvation. Thank you for the uh, preserved word of God that we've been able to hold in our hands and preach from today. And what a blessing, Lord. And then, then Lord, we thank you for, uh, Lord, just that promised presence that was here today. And, and Lord, why in the world you would see fit to pass our way and to meet with, uh, meet with us. But you do, and you did this morning. And we thank you for that. But Father, uh, Lord, there were a number of our folk who were ministering in nurseries and junior churches. And, and uh, Lord, so they weren't able to benefit from the message this morning. So I pray tonight that, God, you'll, you'll give them a blessing and that you'll speak to their hearts. And God, help us, as Paul said, help us to, to be full. I pray you'd bless our time together now. We love you. We praise you. We ask you to save, to work, to edify. And we ask you to glorify your precious son. In Jesus' name, we pray. And for his sake, amen and amen. Well, what a statement. Paul said, I am full. Again, if you'll just give me just a little bit of grace to review for those who weren't in the service this morning. The word full there means fulfilled. It means to cram. And look it up. It means to cram as a net. It means to, uh, and, and every time I, I thought about that, I thought about the story of, of when the disciples were fishing and Jesus said, cast the nets on the right side of the ship. And, uh, and the Bible says that they, they caught such a multitude of fishes in the nets that the nets were breaking. And that's what that means. It means to cram as in a net. It means to be satisfied. And Paul said, I'm full. I'm satisfied. I'm contented with my life. The amazing thing about that statement, the amazing thing about this letter is that when Paul wrote these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul was not vacating in Palm Beach. He was not in Miami, Florida on a beautiful beach somewhere. The apostle Paul was in a jail, in a Philippian jail, a Mamertine prison more than likely. And here Paul says, I am full. We said this morning there is a God-formed void in every human being that can only be filled by God alone. That drugs won't fill that void. And alcohol won't fill that void. And a, a, a crowd won't fill that void. And the wrong music won't fill that void. And I'm so burdened right now for several in our church who I feel like are Man, they're right at that fork in the road and uh, they're getting ready to make a choice and, and some of them are sort of leaning toward, you know, toward going to, toward the world. And I just want to say, as I said this morning, that those things are never going to fulfill you. They're never going to satisfy you. They're, they're never, going, never going to content you. There is a, a God-formed void in every human being that can only be filled by God alone. We said that Paul said, I'm full. And we, we mentioned this this morning. We said, number one, that Paul was able to have a full, law, uh, full light because Paul is careful to pray. He's careful to pray. We notice in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6, Paul said, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the idea here is this, that if you don't pray, you'll be full of care. You'll be full of anxiety. You'll be full of worry. And so Paul said the way to combat that is to pray. We said that prayer helps because God hears us. 1 John 5, 14, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Man, aren't you glad that God hears you? Doesn't matter how big or how small the problem may be, aren't you glad God hears you? 
man, to think about, to think about that the God of the universe hears our prayer. That, that, that's, what, that's what's so different about Christianity uh, and other religions in the world. What's so different in Christianity and the Muslim religion uh, and, and others that believe that, you know what, that they can never have a personal relationship with their God. And we not only believe that we can have a personal relationship with our God, and we not only believe that our God is a personal Savior, but we believe that our God personally hears our prayers. And so we said that prayer helps because God hears. We said that prayer helps because God answers us. And then we said this, prayer helps because it preoccupies us. Uh, in other words, prayer, through prayer, we get our focus off of the problem and onto the problem solver. We get our attention off of the sadness and onto the solution. And so prayer helps because it preoccupies us. But I want to go just a little bit further tonight, if I could, real quickly. And I want to tell you why Paul could say, I am full. Not only was Paul careful to pray, but I wrote this down. Number two, we notice that Paul is controlled in his thoughts. I want you to look with me in your Bibles tonight, Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 8. And notice these words very carefully. Paul said in verse number 8, finally, brethren, he said, whatsoever thing that, and by the way, don't forget what we taught on, on Wednesday night, finally. It's only used six times in all of Scripture. And here's another time right here. And Paul says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And notice what he says. And the God of peace shall be with you. Paul is controlled in his thoughts. Someone said this. Someone said, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. If you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And that is so true. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Did you know tonight that your thoughts have a lot to do with your life? In fact, did you know that ultimately your mind will determine the fullness of your life, how you think about things, how you think about situations, how you think about people, how you think about problems? In fact, I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and just hold your place there at Philippians chapter 4. And I want you to turn back just a few pages to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, and look at verse number 23 with me, if you will. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 23, and notice what our Bible says. Paul says to the church here in Ephesus, in Ephesians 4 verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Can we say that together tonight? Let's do that together. Ready? And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I love that word renewed there. The word renewed means to renovate to renovate. It means to renovate your thoughts. In other words, Paul is saying, man, there's some things. How, how, listen, how many have ever renovated? If you've ever renovated, you know what I'm talking about. When you renovate, number one, when you renovate, you got to be willing to tear some things out. When you renovate, you got to be willing to get rid of some things. 
I mean, you, you can't keep it around. I mean, you got to tear it up, buddy, and you got to carry it out, and you got to throw it out, and you got to get rid of it, and, uh, and you got you to take things out, but when you're rid of it, you got to carry new things in, and so it's out with the bad, out with the old, in with the new, and that's exactly what Paul is teaching in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Ren- renovate your thoughts. And how many know this tonight, that your life will not change until you make the decision to renovate the way you think. If you're here tonight and you're just a negative thinker, you've got to renovate that. You're the kind of person that, you know what, you're always thinking bad of people. And I understand that folks aren't perfect. In fact, last time I checked, nobody's perfect. And we've all got problems and we've all got our little quirks and our things like that. But you know what, if you're constantly thinking bad uh, of of people, you got to renovate your thoughts. If you're constantly thinking bad of the world, you got to renovate your thoughts. You got to, man, you got to remodel. You got to tear some things out. You got to bring some new things in, uh, uh, so your life will change. You don't have to go there, but Paul said this in Romans chapter twelve and verse number two: "And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Be ye transformed." Formed by the renewing, there's that word again, by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Listen to me now. When bad thoughts come your way, you know what? You got to get rid of them. When lustful thoughts come your way, don't toss them around. Don't think about them. Don't let them simmer. Don't let them slow cook. When bad thoughts come about brothers and sisters in Christ, don't, listen, don't entertain those thoughts. Uh, If the devil comes to you and the devil says, boy, you're not going to make it. I mean, you're not going to make it. Uh, Everything's bad. Everything's dark. Everything's terrible. You're not going to, listen to me now. You can't think about those kind of thoughts. You've got to tear those out. You've got to renovate out with the bad in with the new renovate your mind we notice here that Paul was full because Paul was careful to pray but also we notice that Paul was controlled in his thoughts now we're going to be done in just a minute but don't lose me church because this is so important tonight how in the world could the apostle Paul be chained and fettered in a mamertine jail and say I'm full How could he do that? How could Paul say, I'm fulfilled? Well, we learned, number one, because he prayed. Number two, because he controlled his thoughts. But I want to give you this other one. How about this? Number three, we notice Paul is content with what he possesses. Now, I want you to take your Bibles again. I want you to turn back, if you would, to Philippians chapter 4. And I want you to notice what Paul says in verse number 11 tonight. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 11. This is so important, church. Notice what Paul says in verse 11. He said, not that I I speak in respect of want. Paul said, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Paul said, I'm just content. Somebody says, Paul, you're in prison. Paul says, I'm content. As long as I know the, the Lord, I'm content. Somebody says, Paul, you don't have a big mansion. You don't have a lot of money. Paul says, I'm content. In fact, I noticed this. I noticed that later on down the road as Paul is challenging a young pastor by the name of Timothy. And Timothy was going to pastor uh, in, the, in the country, uh, uh, the city of Ephesus, a very wicked place. I noticed 
as the veteran preacher challenges the young pastor, I notice that this is part of the wisdom that Paul passes down. We find in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 6, as Paul is talking to Timothy, he says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out, and having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. A lot of people believe that the apostle Paul wrote uh, the book of Hebrews. I'll be honest with you, I lean toward that myself. And notice what the book of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 13 and verse number five. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. Uh, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Why in the world could Paul say I'm full? Because Paul was content. Can I tell you tonight, church, why so many people are never full? Because they're never satisfied with what they have. I mean, they always want something different, always want something new. I mean, they, you know what? They're never satisfied, never satisfied with their vehicle, never satisfied with their pet, never satisfied with their house, never satisfied with their spouse, never satisfied with their job, never satisfied with their income. I mean, just always wanting, always searching for something new, something else. I just, just, I mean, never content, never content about like that one woman who told the marriage counselor, she said, I'm married looking for an ideal but she said I got an ordeal and now I want a new deal amen I mean just all the time all the time wanting something that you don't have and what I'm preaching tonight Calvary is this uh, you know what it is, it is in the will of God that you and I be content with what we have, amen. I'm not talking about being complacent in the will of the Lord, but I'm just saying this, whatever God's blessed you, however God's blessed you, just be thankful for it. And uh, man, this world's so messed up and cockeyed and, and uh, I mean, they, they think their ears are sticking out. One guy thinks his ears are sticking out too far. Listen, if God made your ears stick out a little further than somebody else, be content with that. Uh, uh, we're not satisfied. We got red hair. We want blonde hair. We got blonde hair. We want black hair. We got long hair. We want short hair. We got no hair. We want some hair. I mean, you know, and we're just not content. <laughs> and listen, God made you the way he made you. And uh, if, if God gave you blue eyes, God wanted you to have blue eyes. And if God made you short, he wanted you to be short. And if God made you tall, he wanted you to be tall. And, and uh, oh, listen, that we would get to the place where we would say, Lord, I'm just content. I'm just content with what you've given me. Man, I know, I know you've heard the story, but I read the story this week about an Amish family. And they went to town, daddy and Daddy and his son went to town. And they thought, you know, while they were in town, they are going to visit the mall. And so it had never been in a mall before. Man, they walked in the mall, and I mean, they were just, I mean, captivated. I mean, spellbound. They had never seen the kind of shops and stores and the escalators. I mean, the steps actually moved. And, uh, but they were especially, especially, just captivated by these silver doors that would close and then they would open and then they would close again and they would open. They looked, I'm in an amazement. They sat there and looked and, and the son said to, to, to the dad, he said, Father, what is that? And the, and the father said, Son, I'm gonna be honest. I've never been to a mall. And he said, I don't know what that is. All of a sudden, 
There was an old lady that rode up in a wheelchair, old broken down lady. She rode up to, the, uh, to these doors and she pushed a, a button and those silver doors opened up and she rolled herself in. Those doors closed behind her and all of a sudden they noticed some buttons at the top that were lit up and it said one, two, three. And then it stayed there for just a moment and then all of a sudden three, two, one. Those doors opened up and a beautiful blonde, gorgeous babe stepped out of the elevator. I mean, both their eyes bugged out. And that Amish daddy said, quick, son, go get your mama. We got got to run her through this machine. Amen. Now, wait a minute now. That's what I'm talking about, man. Listen. Just be content with what you have. <laughs> Amen. Uh, you say, preacher, my husband, I mean, he's got the, he's got the furniture disease. You know where his chest is done fell down in his drawers. <laughs> and uh, hey, just be content with what you have. And, and uh, just, you know what? Just learn to grow old together and, and uh, just, amen, that's right. Man, just love each other where you are and, and man, just be content. If you've got good godly parents tonight, be content with the parents that God has given you. And by the way, be thankful for the parents that God has given you. And uh, boy, I thank God for a good mom and dad. They're getting, they're getting up in age now and getting slow now. And every day, every day I pray for them and ask God to help them and give them great longevity and strength and help and healing. And I, 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 I'm more uh, mindful and thankful, I, I think now, I'm more thankful for the good parents that God has given me. And if God's given you a daddy that loves Jesus and if God's given you a mama that loves the Lord, oh my word, you ought not want another mom and dad. You ought to be content with the mom and dad that you've got. And, and, and if you've got kids, that at least try to do right. No, kids are not perfect. Uh, kids do what kids do sometimes they're uh, sometimes they're a little rebellious and sometimes they uh, don't do all their homework and sometimes they don't bring home uh, all the good grades but uh, you know what be content with the, the, the kids that God has given you and be content with the church that God has given you and be content with the choir that God has given you and be content with the deacons that God has given you and even be content with the preacher that God has given you and man let's just go through life and say Lord you're so good you're so sweet you're so kind and God I want to thank you for blessing me like you have. How in the world, how in the world could Paul say, I'm full, I'm full because Paul was content. Paul was content with what he had. Not not only did Paul, was Paul careful to pray and Paul was controlled in his thoughts and Paul was content with what he possessed but last of all, I'm done. How about this? We notice that Paul is confined to a godly crowd. Now look back at Philippians chapter 4. We're done. I told you I was going to be brief tonight. Philippians chapter 4. And look at verse number 14. Notice what Paul says here. Verse 14. Now Paul says, Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that have been in the beginning of the gospel. When I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again into my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. And Paul said, but I have all and abound. I'm full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing 
to God. How could Paul have such a full life? Oh, man, because Paul placed around him a godly crowd, a godly crowd. You say, preacher, how do you know these people were godly? Because they were givers. They were givers. By the way, that's a good sign that you're godly when you're a giver. That's right. I'm not making that up. That's that's scriptural. Because God himself is a giver. And if we're going to be like God, we're going to have to be givers. No wonder Paul lived such a full life. Because he surrounded himself with people that had a genuine love for Christ. And because of their genuine love for Christ, they had a genuine love for him. Uh, Listen to this statement. Somebody said, happy is the man who finds a true friend. I love this statement. Someone said, a true friend never gets in your way unless you happen to be going down. Someone said it like this. What sweetness is left in life if you take away friendship? Robbing life of friendship is like robbing the world of the sun. A true friend is more to be esteemed than kinsfolk. We were on our way home today on the bus route. We were just making conversation, having a good time with the kids. The kids were singing. I love to hear it when our kids sing. And we were just making general conversation, and Abby said, she said, Preacher, I'm nervous. I start middle school this year. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. And I said, Abby, didn't I say this, Abby? I said, Abby, here's what you do. I said, you just find the right crowd. And I said, you stay with the right crowd. And I said, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. And that is true. Man, by the way, I'm so thankful for the right crowd that I'm around. I'm so thankful for this crowd that encourages me and strengthens me and edifies me and Man, I'm telling you what, Brother Gary, I walk away from here just charged. I mean, listen, just charged. I, I mean, listen, sometimes I, you, ever, you, ever, you ever got your cell phone and all of a sudden you saw that little battery symbol up there and it was blinking? Some of you see that quite often, don't you? It was red and it was blinking. And sometimes we come into church like that. And spiritually speaking, that little symbol is blinking. Man, we're low. We're low on on power. We're low on charts. But I'm telling you, man, when I walk out of here on Sunday night, it's no longer in the red. It's fully charged. And I thank God. Part of that's because, thank the Lord, God has put around me a godly crowd. By the way, he's put a godly crowd around you too. Man, what what a church family we have. Man, oh man. I'm full. Are you full tonight? Are you full? Man, if you're not, you can be. You can be. Let's pray tonight. Father, thank you for this good subject we've talked about today. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that it's made a difference in somebody's life. God, help us to be careful to pray. God, not to get our eyes on the problems, but our eyes on the problem solver. God, I pray that you'll help us to be controlled in our thoughts God, when the devil tries to put those negative thoughts in our minds, that God will press the delete button. And God, that we will not entertain those negative thoughts, those lustful thoughts, those those, uh, malicious thoughts, those hurtful thoughts. God, I pray that you help us to be content with what we possess. Thank you for the car you've given us. Thank you for the roof you've put over our head. Thank you for the the, the clothes that you put on our our body. It doesn't matter if they came from Belk or came from Goodwill. 
Thank you for the clothes you put on our body. Thank you for the shoes that you've placed on our feet. Thank you for the food that you put on the table. Oh, it may not be, it may not be a T-bone every night, but thank you for the, for the potted meat. And God, thank you for the green beans. And Lord, thank you for the, for the vegetables that came out of the garden. Thank you for the tomatoes and the squash and cucumbers. God, we just thank you for your provision. Help us to be content. God, thank you for that. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us to make sure that we confine ourselves to a godly crowd. And I believe if we'll do these things as Paul did, I believe, Lord, at the end of our life we'll be able to say, I'm full, I'm full. I pray you'll have your way in this invitation. I pray you'll speak to hearts. Lord, if there may be here uh, those tonight that don't know for sure they're saved, I pray they'll come tonight and give their heart to Christ. Please help that to happen. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, right before Miss Gay plays. I wonder if there might be one here this evening. And several have already come. But I wonder if there might be one here this evening would say, Preacher, if I died tonight, I'm not 100% sure I'd go to heaven. I sure want you to pray for me about that. I'm concerned about it. I want you to pray with me. And you slip up your hand. Is there one like that anywhere? You'd say, Pastor, pray for me. If I died, I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there one anywhere like that here tonight? All right, I see that little hand right there. Is there anybody else? Preacher, pray for me. If I die, I'm not sure about heaven. Hey, listen, church, if you're not full, why don't you come down to this altar tonight and say, Lord, would you help me to be full? I want to live the rest of my life full, fulfilled, content, satisfied. I hope you'll, you'll do business with the Lord. Let's all stand tonight. Father, have thy way in the invitation, and we thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Our heads are bowed. The pianos will play. If you need to come, the altar's open.
Amen. Good altar call tonight. Good altar call this morning. We're going to pause. I'm going to ask Miss Kay to play through one more stanza tonight. One more stanza. If you need to come, the altar's open. You say, preacher, my life's not content. Well, that can change tonight when you walk out that door. You can say, from here on out, I'm going to live a full life. I'm going to live a full life. So we're going to pause. This stands will be just for you. This is, this is going to be the last. If nobody comes, we're going to end it. All right, you come tonight. While we wait, while we wait, you come this evening. All right?